You are listening to the first channel for medical professionals, ReachMDXM on 233. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM. I'm your host, Dr. Joel Heller. Many of us know that there is a relationship between aging and cardiovascular disease due to loss of blood vessel elasticity. My guest today, Dr. Tori Hagen, has pinpointed a pathway that could positively affect the nitric oxide producing enzyme, which is a major factor in the relaxation of blood vessels. Dr. Hagen, Assistant Professor of Biochemistry and Biophysics at Oregon State University, and his colleagues have just completed a study funded by the National Institute of Health on the relationship between aging and cardiovascular disease. Dr. Hagen, could you please tell us a little bit about your background and research activities? As you noted, I'm Associate Professor of Biochemistry and Biophysics. I'm also a Principal Investigator in the Linus Pauling Institute and one of the directors of the Center for Healthy Aging here at Oregon State University. And as that last little title implies, my research is primarily focused on mechanisms of aging as well as how especially what we're calling age-essential micronutrients may be able to at least improve cellular and hopefully physiological function and eventually uh, translate that to increases in human health span, maybe not necessarily lifespan, but health span of the elderly. But your study specifically identified the mechanism by which blood vessels lose their elasticity. Would you please explain that process? As you noted, cardiovascular diseases are one of the major, major problems of morbidity and mortality in the elderly. A lesser known fact, I guess, to the general public, but maybe not to physicians, is that age is the leading risk factor for many cardiovascular diseases. And on that line, we have been looking at how vessel function is affected in aging, and this is what this study was about. One of the exacerbating effects of cardiovascular diseases per se is a loss of vasomotor function or vessel function, especially of the conduit arteries of the body. And that is primarily, of course, the aorta and the larger, larger arterial vessels of the body. And we were asking the question is, is why do these vessels not seem to respond to their environment and why are they more constricted as they as you get older such as that they can't respond and one of the reasons or one of the upshots of that is increased hypertension especially in older folks so we were looking in rats for this study because rats are a very good model uh, actually for the human condition. They mimic the elderly humans in very many ways, especially in terms of their vessel function. And we were using a group of rats called Fisher Brown Norway rats, which are the approved animal model of the National Institutes on Aging to do these studies. And we were uh, looking in aortic function and how vasomotor function, that's called our vasorelaxation characteristics, was occurring. What we found, which was uh, repeating, frankly, other people's studies, was that these vessels do not relax well. They're more rigid and maintain their rigidity, and so therefore, of course, would cause an increased blood pressure to pump blood through those arteries. What we were really moving forward in was why this was occurring, and we have noted that, again, along with maybe other researchers, that some of the relaxing factors that are produced by the vascular endothelial cells, which are the cells lining the vessel lumen of the blood, are not being produced in high abundance as you get older. 
Now, we went further to define that as saying what is causing this loss of factors, relaxing factors. And principally, we were looking at the major relaxing factor of the conduit arteries, and that is nitric oxide. We found that nitric oxide levels decline precipitously with age. But what we were finding, that which was somewhat different than maybe that's been out in the literature, is that it's not simply because that factor is being produced and then degraded or altered where it cannot relax the vessels, we found that the enzyme that is producing nitric oxide or endothelial nitric oxide synthase is no longer working well. How will this new information help physicians identify and or treat patients who are at risk for developing or are already experiencing heart disease? I think that's the real, the real benefit of this study because we have pinpointed a pathway that heretofore has not really been recognized that could affect the enzyme and its function. And so thereby, we have new cellular targets to direct therapies to that. If you're just joining us, this is the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM Channel 233, and I'm your host, Dr. Joel Heller. We're speaking with Dr. Tori Hagen, Assistant Professor of Biochemistry and Biophysics at Oregon State University, about a study on the relationship between aging and cardiovascular disease. Dr. Hagen. Lipoic acid has been found to be high in muscle meats, so that may be another means of doing this as well, outside of vegetables. Now, I hasten to add, we don't have the food science background right now to know whether that is beneficial or not. And what I mean by food science is we don't know whether many of these compounds are destroyed during cooking and whereby it would render them useless basically to clinical help here. So I'll, I'll quickly add that in. But in the laboratory, we can give these extracts and factors and it seems to be very beneficial. Lipoic acid, we can get very readily. It's made by BASF. You can find it maybe in your health food store. It is a natural compound. It's found, again, in those compounds I mentioned in the diet, but also it's made and is involved in mitochondrial function. It's a cofactor for conversion of raw dietary fuels into ATP, the energy currency of the cell. But by oral uh, addition of it, it seems to be acting as a means of increasing endogenous antioxidants, especially in the vascular endothelium. And one antioxidant in particular that's increased is glutathione. And glutathione, again, if we follow the story that I'm trying to develop, directly re-regulates the pathways and allows nitric oxide to be produced in enough abundance whereby it uh, maintains vessel function in the elderly. You said that meat might be a good source for lipoic acid. Lipoic acid is a very simple compound. It's, it's an eight-carbon compound with two sulfur groups on it. And again, it's used normally in the body in basically bioenergetics. So it's a very, very simple compound, very small, very readily absorbed, and even crosses the blood-brain barrier. And I know there's other work that's been going that it seems to affect the hypothalamus and can regulate appetite. So it's, it's, a, it's a compound that's natural, but it's receiving a lot of research uh, interest lately. I'll, I'll say that in multiple different ways. Lipoic acid is found because it's part of the mitochondria in high levels in muscle meats. But I'll say this again very quickly. 
I would imagine, and I'm, this is speculation, that much of that is destroyed during cooking. I don't really know how much, and no one knows, I believe, uh, is actually readily bioavailable from meat sources. In my research on this topic, inflammation was mentioned as part of the mechanism we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's also received a lot of attention in recent years as the cause of certain other age-related diseases. Right. Can you explain what role it may play in the development of cardiovascular disease? That's an excellent question. And it's inflammation, I believe there was a Time magazine cover in a couple years ago saying it's the silent killer. And I, I absolutely believe that. Inflammation, there's a whole line of research now starting in our aging research community that's called inflammation aging, which is now receiving a lot of interest as maybe one of the root causes of the increased risk for a variety of di- diseases, especially chronic diseases like cardiovascular problems that we're talking about today. Inflammation, we have noted that in, again, aged animals, and this has been repeated in in human beings, is that markers of inflammation, especially cytokines or protein factors that may be induced or or part of the inflammation process, go up with age regardless of whether you have an infection or not. For instance, one of those factors called tumor necrosis factor alpha, we find is up sixfold in normal aged animals. So it seems to be a chronic but maybe low level of inflammation that animals in general are seeing as one ages. Now, inflammation here is really potentially the root of the problem in terms of the loss of vessel function because we think the inflammation turns on genes and enzymes that produces that lipid I was telling you about, ceramide, in too high of an abundance. So if you can break that cycle, you have a means of re-equilibrating the whole system and allowing, again, in this case, the vessel to work well. What are the ways we know so far, or ideas you might have, for future interventions for controlling inflammation? Well, I think a lot of things are are out there, including some of the the statin drugs seem to be effective (laughs) as a a backwards way. But but again, you you can do this by normal clinical interventions with pharmacotherapies. But also we're finding, at least in our area, which is more of a nutritional-based approach, a high level of vegetables as well as, interestingly, especially combined with at least light exercise in the elderly, seems to be able to lower the overall chronic inflammation that is evident in aging. I know you've done other research related to aging and age-related diseases. I was wondering how the results of this study correlate with any finding from previous studies you've done. I think the thing that we're very, very excited about is is you have to look back at what biochemists are now really putting together as pro-aging systems. Maybe it's called on the opposite side, longevity, longevity assurance systems. And there are. There are certain metabolic pathways as well as genes that seem to be very important in maintaining both, as what we were talk, talking about earlier, health span versus, and also lifespan. And one of the things that we are so excited about is this convergence between, again, ceramide and these lipids that really haven't been examined in aging, which may be effectors that lower the overall vitality and function of the cell and basically changing the metabolic profile of the cell such that the cells are more at risk for insults 
which normally would have been taken care of in younger people, but no longer can be. For instance, ceramide levels, uh, which I've noted here increase with age, will lower survival enzymes, such as an enzyme called AKT, and it's not working so well. Cells are then much more vulnerable to stresses and insults. And so, therefore, that would translate to both physiological and clinical problems here. So if we can identify some of these lesions that are occurring and we can take care of it, maybe we're back to our goals of improving, again, the vitality of the aged. An improving quality of life is one of the great things we get to do as doctors. Our guest has been Dr. Tori Hagen, Assistant Professor of Biochemistry and Biophysics at Oregon State University, and we've been discussing the relationship between aging and cardiovascular disease, causes and treatments. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Hagen. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for today's medical professional. There's another great segment coming up. Please stay tuned.